Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right, it is time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. So, Vaughn, you know, we're kind of, we're expecting snow over here. Snow over there? Yeah. I was just digging out the beachware over here in Victoria. <laughs> now I'm in the south of British Columbia. Yeah, I love this joke because we know we know I it's know. not true. Is it cold? The flower it cold. count is coming, you know. BC Fairies is showing us pictures, pictures yet of what the next generation of fairies are going to look like. And there are some people probably in the lineup of the fairies figuring maybe the ship will be in service by the time they get to the other side of the street. You know, I love Von Palmer comedy. It is just like I it's know. sharp. It's, it's, it's direct. A I told you it's one of my hobbies. <laughs> what are you going to do? I know. What are you going to do? So if it does start snowing, you have to let us know over in Victoria. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know, well, I know it doesn't. I'll phone it in. Breaking Please news. do. Please do. Uh, we're gonna First talk time about- in 100 years it snowed in Victoria. <laughs> or like two weeks ago when we were talking yeah, to you. That too. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about childcare this morning because I feel like this is a bit of a changing, developing story here as we're digging <laughs> down into the numbers of what's going on in this province. Yeah, there's a, a, a whole school of governing called Deliverology, and it's all about the gap between the promises you make and whether or not you actually deliver on them and how challenging it can be in government to deliver. And I, this one is fascinating to me because you go back to 2017, and one of the dramatic additions to the NDP election platform, which was there in 2017, and it wasn't there in the election they lost in 2013. And that was a commitment to $10 a day childcare. It's a very flashy promise. It wasn't fully costed, but it was costed. And it had huge appeal, seeming to any working couple looking for childcare, any single parent looking for childcare, especially in Metro Vancouver, uh, the suburbs here on the island, but really all over British Columbia. Very flashy promise. One of the things that it put John Horgan into government. Here we are eight years later, almost, and we're going, how's the deliverology going? And <clears throat> there's a lot of controversy around this because it's clear that the NDP is falling well short of its own targets for providing actual $10 a day childcare. People looking for it, it's hard to find. I'm told there are communities in British Columbia where it might be easier to find a unicorn than to find a space at $10 a day. So, and it's blowing up as a controversy right now because of reports, because of the budget, and uh, the government's on the defensive. Okay, so then what what do we know here about what we are providing in BC? Well, uh, the most recent number that I've seen is there are 14,000 spaces in BC that actually meet the definition of actual $10 a day childcare that's new, that's been provided under the program. Um, Stats Canada did a survey that was out at the end of last year, and it found that there were more British Columbians than ever reporting 
enormous difficulty in finding any kind of child care, so, or at least affordable. Uh, almost 60% of the people in the StatsCan survey said, uh, it's just an ordeal. It's a nightmare. And I'm sure there are many listeners out there who have had the experience. That's almost 60% up from less than 50% uh, 2019. Uh, Stats Canada said last December there were fewer British Columbia children in actual childcare in 2023 than four years earlier before the pandemic. So some of that's blamed on the pandemic, but some of it is just how challenging it has been for the New Democrats to deliver on what they promised. And so the other thing that blew up last week around this that really dramatized it was the provincial budget. Because if I hadn't seen the numbers in the NDP's budget, I would have been skeptical, but it's there in their budget. For the year ahead, the one starting April the 1st, Ottawa is spending more, a lot more, providing childcare in British Columbia than the New Democrats are spending providing childcare in British Columbia. Almost all the new money in the BC budget for childcare, all the new money, 85% of it is coming from Ottawa. It's not coming from the provincial government. It's not coming from the New Democrats. In the year ahead, the federal government will be spending $170 million more providing childcare in BC than the New Democrats are spending providing childcare in BC. That's a, that's a dramatic gap, Simi. Do we know what the holdup is? Like, what are the challenges? What do they say when they're asked about well, this? Well, it's interesting. The Premier got asked this twice yesterday. Not once, twice. So Rob Shaw, our friend, asked it. And then Richard Zussman, our friend, asked it. Neither one of them got an answer. The Premier did not address the funding gap at all. He sidestepped. He talked about how all the wonderful things the New Democrats have done to bring child care to BC. And he talked about the one genuine challenge, which is... Trained, professional, uh, qualified childcare workers. Because they're hard to find. They are hard to find. And that's true. And we haven't been training them at the pace which we need to do. And the pay isn't good enough to persuade people to go for that job instead of some other job out there. So it's a genuine problem. But at the same time, if you're not at least going to match federal funding, here in the province, like what hope is there of ever getting to that target? At the rate we're going, are there are children that will be in university before the, the no childcare spaces that were promised are available. The Bomb Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning, breaking down more about the kind of consequences after effects of the tabling of the provincial budget last week. And I've been waiting for this one, Vaughn, because the credit rating agencies are weighing in. Yes, we had two credit rating agencies, two of the big four, weighed in yesterday on the BC budget. So we heard from Moody's and we heard from Morningstar. Uh, interesting, the Moody's was the most critical. Moody's said the amount of debt that they're adding here and the size of the deficits is going to limit the province's uh, fiscal room going forward, and they were credit negative. So that hints that when Moody's full report comes down later this spring, there may well be the first downgrade the New Democrats have gotten while in office. Morningstar um, also concerned 
Uh, also saying the numbers are headed in the wrong direction, saying the province's fiscal situation is deteriorating, but no change in the credit rating. They just said because of the long-term strength of the BC economy, because BC governments tend to outperform projections, because there's so much money set aside in contingencies, they think that there's no need for downgrade at this time. So, you know, uh, Katrina Conroy said British Columbia's financial situation, its debt, all of that is affordable and manageable. For now, yes, but uh, there may be a downgrade coming later this year. That matters for a couple of reasons. I mean, you know, when the Democrats in opposition, they they would just scoff at the AAA credit rating that the Liberals had or anything. But when they got into government, they realized that these ratings are kind of useful in a couple of ways. One, they tell you how you're doing compared to other Canadian provinces. And the answer on that one is BC's doing much better. The other thing, the Democrats used to started in power, the Horgan government putting out news releases announcing that we still had a, a AAA credit rating. We still had a top flight AA high rating. And the reason they did that was they said, you see, we're, we're doing, we're spending more money and we've even raised taxes, but we're managing the province's finances very well too. And the credit rating agencies don't much care. They just look at the numbers and they say, well, you know, the New Democrats actually were doing a pretty good job. It'll be interesting to see, Simi, whether they change their minds because, and we've talked about this, the EB government has changed the approach to provincial finances that was here under John Horgan. Horgan ran four surplus budgets in six tries. Nobody is going to expect David Eby to do that. <clears throat> He's on the track for deficits and debt. And I heard that message, too, when he was talking to business leaders last week, and that what he's saying to them is, what do you want us to cut? And so it's yeah. almost like he's already defending that, too. And then you get, like, the BC Conservatives yesterday with their announcement about getting rid of all portables in Surrey. And I thought, well, that's expensive, too. So is there going to be company on this? Well, it, it is expensive, although, you know, again, a lot of us went through that budget on Thursday with a question in our minds, which is, what are we getting that's new for all this new debt? I mean, again, Horgan, uh, you don't need to look at right-wing governments. Horgan managed four surpluses in six budgets, and he had to manage through an actual crisis, through the COVID-19 pandemic, and he still managed to deliver mostly balanced and surplus budgets. So, I think the, the question with the EB government is more, why are you able to deliver so little in the way of anything new for so much debt? Uh, you mentioned Surrey. Well, you know, uh, it's been reported a couple of times. There's a crisis in the school supply in Surrey, uh, a huge capital plan in the budget. And so far, they haven't announced any new schools in Surrey. And uh, we just talked about the problem with childcare, right? It's a very ambitious promise, but what have they delivered on it? I, I think and you could make an argument that you should be trying to keep the promises you made and, ma and manage, yes, what you have before you start yes. adding new stuff to the government. 
um, and try to figure out why Horgan was able to manage and you're not able to manage. Absolutely, yes. That sounds too practical, Vaughn. Come on, what well, are you talking there about? There we go. Uh, that wasn't sarcasm for a change. No, nice? no, yeah. I, I buy that. But what yeah. about, okay, so will it be a matter of waiting to see then what these contingency funds are used for? Because yeah. I know the credit rating agencies even pointed that out. Yeah, I mean, the credit rating agencies pointed out that there is $11 billion over three years in contingency funds, and that's just money that hasn't been allocated to anything. And in the past, we've seen big contingency funds when the government was in the middle of wage negotiations and didn't want to give away how much money it was prepared to pay to settle the contracts. Well, there's no major contracts this year. So what's the $11 billion for? We assume, because they've hinted, that some of the capital money will be going to build schools in Surrey and projects that will be announced fairly soon. The one on the Olympic uh, grounds or the uh, Olympic school in uh, Vancouver, as it's known, or at False Creek. Um, we assume that some of it, there's going to be an election platform and some of the election platform will be paid for. They'll say, when we ask where are you going to pay for it, they're going to say, well, we've got those contingencies. If they don't, Simi, use all of the contingency money, then... If there's anything left over, that will actually reduce the deficits and can be used to pay down some debt. So that's where the credit rating agencies are going. Yeah, we don't like where this is headed, but we're also going to make allowance for the possibility that the BC government will do what it's done in the past, which is, you know, overestimate how bad things are going to be, and then outperform it. And at the end of the year, do a little victory lap and say, hey, right. look, we projected a giant deficit. It's not that big. Yay us. That's BC government financing. It's been the case for a long time, going back to WAC Bennett. So if they manage that, they will be able to say we did better right. than expected. They may be able to hold on to their credit rating, but we won't know really until after the votes are counted because they close the books on the BC financial year in July in the following year. So hang in there for July 2025 and we'll know how they actually did. <laughs> well, something to look forward to, I guess. Uh, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye. That is Vaughn Palmer there from the Vancouver Sun. 